Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Today is February 22nd. It is Ash Wednesday. We are live in the studio here at St. Mary's Catholic Student Center, and I am so happy to be here. Sometimes before the show starts, we will lead a little prayer here in the room, but we didn't get around to that because we were having so much conversation. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Judy. Holy Spirit, come be over our equipment and all our listeners and us as well. Well, I'm going to go on and lead us in a prayer for our listeners and us as well. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of mercy and goodness, hear our prayer as we begin this Lenten journey with you. Let us be honest with ourselves as we look into our hearts and souls, noticing the times we turn away from you. Guide us as we humbly seek to repent and return to your love. May humility guide our efforts to be reconciled with you and live forever in your abundant grace. Transform us this Lent, Heavenly Father. Give us the strength to commit ourselves to grow closer to you each day. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, the February, the month of February is typically a month that I, I'm always on the fourth week, Mm -hmm. first of all. And it's not abnormal for me to not have a live show in November because it's Thanksgiving week and sometimes y'all need to be here or there. And then December... That's between Christmas and <laughs> New Year's, so that's usually a rebroadcast yeah. show. But um, man, and that's it's great what to we have did. you back in the studio. I'm happy Judy. to be here. I'm happy to be here. So nice. We've missed you. Well, it's good well, to be I've back. I've seen you around, but it's great to have you back yeah, on the mic. It's good to be back. So, as I mentioned, today is Ash Wednesday, and uh, I think that I think <laughs> my mm-hmm. thoughts, and I do have some that. Uh, a lot of times things catch us off guard and we don't maybe have a great plan of Ash Wednesdays in two weeks and Lent begins in two weeks or mm-hmm. those kind of things and it kind of catches us on the day of. But we can still have those thoughts about Ash Wednesday and mm-hmm. about Lent and things that are going to take place in our lives. Would Not you- that you should push it off, but you could even have those thoughts tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's never too late to to pick back up and dust off your... Yeah, Uh, a lot of cool things. uh, Typically, we'll start having those penance services to have opportunities to go to reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And uh, a priest, Father Jared Cook, who was here uh, as a part of UTTU. Never heard of it. (laughs) was saying, hey, guess what? You could go to confession at the beginning of Lent and not (laughs) wait until the end of Lent to try to 
to get that in. <laughs> you can do both. How about that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of did a little research of things that we think we know and maybe we need uh, reminders of. But uh, And I want to mention that in the second portion of the show, our guest will be Father Brian Eilers and Lydia Mausner, who uh, is going to talk to us about wonderful parish here in Bryan College Station, St. Joseph's Parish, mm-hmm. be celebrating their 150-year anniversary, mm-hmm. all the things that are coming together for that, and just talk about the wonderful, rich history of that church here in the Bryan College Station area. So stick with us for that. Do you want to uh, state our stations and, and give the phone number by chance? Yes, I would love to do that. You may have already but- been wanting to do that, but... <laughs> Here I am stepping on your toes. It's quite all right. Today, we want to welcome all of our listening audience all over, everywhere that's hearing our voice, but especially mention KEDC 88.5 FM here in the Brazos Valley, our listeners in Central Texas on KYAR 98.3 FM, and in Palestine, KINF 107.9 FM. And uh, we'll remember to remind us all this is a live program. We would welcome a phone call mm-hmm. with a comment or some a question to talk about uh, St. Joseph's Parish coming up. So I did a little digging and research about some details about Ash Wednesday that okay. we may or may not know. And I thought it was kind of cool. Um The first Ash Wednesday ceremonies were likely held sometime in the 11th century. It's never mentioned in the Bible, but there is a verse in the book of Daniel that links fasting to ashes. And some scholars believe that this is the origin of the Lenten practice. Ash Wednesday didn't gain mainstream popularity with Christians in in the U.S. until the 1970s. I find that remarkable. Really? That's what it said. Hmm. So I always like to create a little heresy that someone can call and say, oh, no, that's not right. But I know in my childhood. You know, I've always remembered there being an Ash Wednesday, but 1970s. That's way past my childhood. (laughs) You weren't born in the 70s. 1970. Really? Yeah. I am older than you. You are. Much, much older. (laughs) Okay. Next topic. Do we know... Where do we get those ashes? Uh, From what I understand, they, well, it's not always the same, but they burn some of the palms from the, the blessed palms from the year before. Yeah. And some people donate them back or they have them in their homes. Um, Yeah. I don't think it's anything uh, beyond that. Correct. It is. Um, So we kind of recycle those palms, but I would imagine there is a process that they say here's let's mm-hmm. here's these palms so it's not just the recycled ones but it's it is blessed palms that they correct yeah which is a great yeah. um bookend for lent exactly. beginning and at, at the end as well yeah um a lot of uh matthew kelly books and programs uh begin with this um Every day, the Catholic Church is responsible for. We feed more people, we Mm -hmm. educate more people, and a lot of things, um, subjects come up and say, you can thank the Catholic Church for that. Right. I I have something to thank the Catholic Church for that you may not be aware of. Okay. It's McDonald's fish sandwich. 
I think I knew about that. Tell me, I've I've heard this before. I can't remember. Maybe it was last year at Lent when you said it. No, I've heard this, but tell it. There was a um, franchise in Cincinnati, Ohio, that was owned by a Catholic in a very Catholic neighborhood. 87% of the people lived in this community were Catholic. And 45 years ago... Uh Catholics fasted from meat every Friday, not just during Lent. Mm-hmm. And he was having a hard time staying open because he had a day of almost no customers coming in. And so he thought, I need to do something. Hmm. And he devised this fish sandwich to sell. He went to the corporate and it really ticked off their hired professional chef. Really? That someone else was suggesting it. And he had already kind of had a plan for a meatless meal, and it was called the Hula Burger. (laughs) And it was a cold bun with a slice of pineapple. (laughs) This I've never heard. Nothing inviting about that to me. And so the guy Uh, from Cincinnati said, okay, let's do a little experiment. I'd like to say fire that professional (laughs) chef, but go on. And so they agreed on a particular Friday that they would offer the hula burger and the fish sandwich, which we all I'm going to serve my family hula burgers tonight and say it was Judy's (laughs) idea. So if you enjoy that fish olay sandwich, which my husband adores them, he would rather eat that than a hamburger any day. Really? Yeah. So... Well, there you go. There you go. So if you enjoy the fish au lait, you can thank a Catholic. How about that? How about that? That's very nice. Did you have other things you wanted to cover? Because I, I could I'll even... give you a little minute or two to jump in here. I, I call upon those of you in the uh, the Waco Deanery to put your uh, penance service dates on the diocese website. Not that the diocese probably isn't already calling on them to do that. But uh, if you want to go to confession here in the Bryan College Station area, you can already do that on February 28th at St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in College Station. And then again, St. Anthony's on March 2nd. So those two are right around the corner. I won't list them all because we're going to do some spots on those. But man, those are right around the corner. So like you said, you can go now and, and go later. We had those thoughts already. Um, another aspect of Lent that begins today includes fasting. Mm-hmm. And um, just think that a lot of times we say that word and we don't really embrace what it could and should mean. It's a, it is a spiritual discipline, uh-huh. one that can bear much fruit. For Catholics, there are only two days each year when fasting is required, today, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. On fast days, one full meatless meal can be taken and two others that combined equals that meal, if Mm -hmm. you want just a little bit of a guide. Abstinence from meat is to be observed by all Catholics 14 years of age or older on Ash Wednesday and all the Fridays during Lent. The Gospel of Matthew tells, Jesus tells us when you fast, he makes allusions to this, that shouldn't be something that's showy or showing mm-hmm. off. Gospel of Luke tells us, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Fasting is simply a way of denying ourselves. In fasting, we imitate Jesus, who fasted for 40 days in the desert before beginning his public ministry. 
It's meant to bring our hearts and minds closer to God. And when we feel those pangs of hunger, we turn to God in prayer and ask for the strength to carry on. We offer up our small sufferings, united with the sufferings of Christ. So a lot of discussion about what you eat, but Mm -hmm. I suggest there's also some other ways that we could fast. Okay. Are you saying, was that where you're going now? I can, but what's your thought on what I just I'm just saying I used to be, and I'm still not the best, but I I used to be a horrible faster. (laughs) I mean, the one day that the half, two half meals and the Mm. full meal, I would just be miserable. (laughs) I'm, I'm. I couldn't do it. It was, I could do it. I'd do it, but it was just I had a huge headache. I, you just, it was always a guarantee. And then, I don't know, about a year ago, I started fasting more on a daily basis where I have a light, two light meals and then a fairly normal evening meal. I think it was inspired by my need to get my cholesterol numbers in shape. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but it, it, I've seen how it is has helped me in the spiritual life yeah. like nothing ever before. Vices that I just have been that's like, come on, what what the heck? Are a lot easier and a lot better now and, and just a lot of patience. Um, um, of course, you need to talk to my wife about that to make sure I'm <laughs> not just saying that's true. But, you know, it, it it's been a remarkable thing for me and it. it now I'm wondering what I should do on days of fast and abstinence because I'm already kind of Need living that game. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, fasting never connected into spirituality for me. I always, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been overweight a lot of my life. And so I felt like it was like an ulterior, I'm going to fast right. for this and maybe I'll lose weight, which is both of those are good things. But mm-hmm. It was just one day I was praying uh, a prayer, a perpetual prayer, and at the very bottom of it, the writing was so small I couldn't even see it. I had to go get glasses yeah. with my contacts, and it <laughs> said this. <laughs> if that's not humiliating, I'm there now. So go on, is. next topic. Nice topic. But it go, said go. Uh, this novena should be accompanied by private acts of fasting and almsgiving. Yeah, and it just clicked. Yeah, like I had. Not that my relationship with God wasn't important, but it, it just became real to me. Yeah. And it bore fruit. But um, also suggest a couple of maybe different types of fasting. We could fast from hurting words and say kind words. I struggle with my phone addiction now more than ever just because of uh, needing to be in contact with my kids and different things. But so fasting from my phone bears a lot of fruit. Yeah. I see we've used yep. up our time. We're at hey the guys, bumper. Stick so, with us. We'll yeah. be back in a few. Red Sea Roundup. We've got St. Joseph's 150th anniversary right around the corner. And we are back from the break at Red Sea Roundup. I can imitate my best Deacon Mike. And we are back. <laughs> I love Deacon Mike because he, uh, I'm going to tell a Deacon Mike story for Lent, if you don't mind me, me cutting in the beginning of, uh, 
of the the first second part of roundup and i've got um well let me let me answer our guest on the line and you you pick i got up. you and then okay. we'll come back to the deacon mike story uh welcome back to red sea roundup if you're just joining me i'm your host today judy como and we are going to be discussing the upcoming 150 year anniversary of saint joseph's catholic parish here and yeah, you were going to jump into that, but let me let me uh, go ahead. I've got our, our our one of our guests on the line ready to go, but I wanted to say a quick Deacon Mike story since he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> he's uh, one of our hosts, you know, um, on Red Sea Roundup. He also is our spiritual director and a board member for Red Sea Apostolate. But years ago, he never listened because he really just didn't like listening to talk radio. Period. I knew At nothing all. about it. You didn't know that? Well, no, I knew he, that he had these thoughts. And when y'all, y'all were all, oh, oh yeah. radio, radio. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I love Christian music. Cause yeah, I no. And that. he won Lent. So this is a challenge to everyone here. And we're doing our Lent and listening challenge for everyone. Listen to an hour of Catholic Radio a day. He gave himself that challenge to listen to Red Sea Catholic Radio one hour a day. Loved it so much has now become so deeply involved and is on our board of directors and is our spiritual director. So I challenge everyone out there to listen to more Red Sea Catholic Radio for penance, uh, maybe even. If you don't like it, maybe you'll come to love it because, like he did. So there you go. Uh, but but yeah. this, uh, this show would not be, really qualify as penance because well, it's going to be certainly not on so your great. week, Judy. Oh, not well, on your great. week. It's not penance, but, you know. If I were in charge of it and uh, on the air, it would be a penance. So that's why I'm going to fade to the background now and let you take over. We also uh, welcome our uh, on-air guest, Father Brian Eilers. Are you there, Father Brian? Yes, I'm here. Boy, modern technology, huh? It's wonderful. We are. Thanks for being (laughs) here. You know, when we discussed the fact that of having this show today and you were like, oh, yeah, Ash Wednesday, that'll be great. I'll, I'll be there. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> it's kind of a busy day here. We have 10 services. So, yes, I, I completely lost track of anything other than just being at church. Well, I totally understand. So I As my my, my husband, uh, your good deacon, Deacon Keith Como, has been up and out of our house. I haven't even seen him this morning, so I know he's busy with that. So thank you for your ministry, and thank you for uh, all that you do for our parish and our area. But today we're going to talk about this upcoming 150-year anniversary, and we also have Lydia Mausner here, uh, who's been a part of this planning and information gathering. Lydia, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Good. So, Father, you want to give us a little... Start the ball off with what y'all have been doing in the planning and the information gathering? Sure. Uh, So this is the 150th anniversary of when the church, St. Joseph's, and and Brian was founded. At least it showed up in the Catholic Directory, which is a a national directory of all of the Catholic churches. But we actually know that um, the first Mass was here probably in 1969, uh, or at least Mass on a regular basis at the home or uh, office of, or uh, a shop of Mr. Bonneville. And we have Boonville Road and Boonville here in Bryan, so it's uh, named after him, Mr. Bonneville. So he was a Frenchman, 
and uh, so there in the in the 1860s is when the first Catholics uh, started to receive some ministry from uh, priests visiting and were able to gather together and celebrate Mass. Uh, but even the the bishop Bishop Dubuis, who was really a he traveled back and forth across the the state from uh, Victoria and San Antonio, Austin, uh, even up to Nacogdoches and uh, Dallas area, and then of course uh, over to Galveston and Houston. Uh, he came by and he visited Milliken, which is actually more populous than Bryan in the late 1860s, uh, and they had a yellow fever epidemic, and he visited the sick there in 1869. So. We're celebrating 150 years of Catholicism here, although it probably started a bit earlier uh, than um, 1873, but we're celebrating it this year. Wonderful. Well, Lydia, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you, you know, I'm Italian, and us Italians got to know <laughs> your history. Uh, I'm of uh, Czech descent and German uh, on my father's side, uh, mostly Czech, but... Uh, my family came over in 1873 and moved to Brazos County in 1876. And so they were uh, some of the first immigrants that are parishioners of St. Joseph's Church when it began. And so we still have several family members who live in the area, and this is our home parish. Okay, so this was your hometown, born yes. and raised, your yes. parish, and you continue to right. be an active member there. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So you've been a have you been a part of this planning committee? That's... Yes, I'm on the history committee. Uh huh. And so that it's been very interesting. There's a lot of uh, leeway on the different dates and stuff. It's hard to find out exactly when something happened because in 1876 the uh, church building burned. And so all those records were lost. And so that, that's been a challenge. But we do the best that we can. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, um, so Father Brian, you've been a pastor here for how long? Two years yes. in March. Yes. Very good. And so I would imagine that some of this uh, information gathering and planning has been going on for quite some time. Well, so they did a lot of information gathering for the 100th anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we actually yeah, have uh, some documents from that time period and old pictures and stuff like that. So uh, I think for myself, and I guess I'm sure that Lily, um, Lydia would con con concur that it's a lot of learning on our part because there's just so much history and to kind of get it all and the, the main parts of it all fit together in our heads. So we're one of the ways that we're trying to help everybody see the history and the contours of the history is to make a history timeline <clears throat> that we can put up on the wall of our parish activity center. So we already have the wall painted and we're choosing pictures and we're going to have a timeline for the 150 years. Uh, and then also, of course, looking into the future uh, with pictures of the different priests and the church buildings and things like that. Uh, and uh, it, at our 150th anniversary event, the, the kickoff of that is going to be March 19th, the Feast of St. Joseph. Bishop Vasquez, the Bishop of Austin, will be here to celebrate Mass at 11 o'clock. And then we're going to have a festival afterwards with food and uh, music and dancing and a program with an interview with Monsignor McCaffrey and some of the older members of our parish and a photo booth and uh, should be a lot of fun. So uh, we're getting ready for that. That's uh, in about a month now, mm -hmm. uh, four weeks. And uh, so, yeah, it's just um, it's a, a lot happening to get ready for this uh, event. And 
our hope is that people who have connections to the church uh, from the last 150 years uh, that uh, and their families being here that they'll they'll come back to the church whether they live in Houston or Bryan College Station and maybe have drifted away from the church or whatever but to uh, people to invite their families to come here and to uh, remember uh, or to learn the history of the church and their family history that's connected to the church. Wonderful. Um, I'm looking at the brochure that y'all have uh, put out, very nice brochure, but uh, perhaps we can devote a little bit of time to the breaking it up into the 50-year increments of talking about <clears throat> the first 50 years. Um, Lydia, do you? Okay, um get my thoughts here <laughs> so the first uh, 50 years went to um, 1923 from 73 and uh, during that time we had several different priests uh, some some were of uh, Czech or Moravian descent and then we had several who were Polish the Polish were there were a lot of Polish immigrants in our area um, during this time St. Joseph was a mother church mother Catholic church and um as, as more immigrants moved here, the uh, building didn't grow, so there was a need to have other buildings or other churches. So St. Anthony's, the mostly Italian, they built a church in 1896, and then in um, 1926, um, I think the Immaculate Conception became uh, an independent uh, parish, and that was mostly African Americans. So uh, as as the People moved here. There was a need to have more churches to accommodate them because you couldn't just build a new church every time you had more people come. So that was the first uh, 50 years. And then in the second uh, 50 years, um, Saint uh, Monsignor Gleisner was here, a well-loved person. He uh, started the uh, St. Mary's Chapel here at Saint, uh, at A&M. And uh, 1926, I think, is when that chapel began. And so um, as time went on, then uh, more immigrants came. And then the Hispanics uh, started their church in 1942 or 1940. So it's a growing process. So as the community grew and people... uh Moved, moved to, to this area. the need for the the churches i my maiden name is Scamardo, mm-hmm. and uh, my family has been a part of saint anthony's parish you know, my whole lifetime mm-hmm. prior to one year ago this march 19th when my husband was ordained a deacon and we were assigned to saint joseph's uh-huh. parish so i i have history and knowledge of some of that but my memory kind of goes back to when father tim was the uh, right was pastor. the pastor there as well. And uh, what a fun-loving, uh, joy-filled guy he was. I mean, many... Many, I remember, many talents. Many talents. Uh, he, many uh, wedding receptions I'd be yes. at. And, and, and <laughs> school, St. Joseph's school was a big part for him. I mean, yeah, that was maybe, very important. Uh, maybe we could book in the school's beginning where in this time Yeah, I think it was in 19... In. About 1920 was when... Uh, the school, uh, our new building was built. Uh, Father Tim came here in 1933. So uh, the Ursuline nuns had at a school. They came here after the flood in I mean in Galveston. So uh, Monsignor Gleisner was in, uh, instrumental in bringing them here. They were the teachers, and then um, they they left in the late 20s. 
and then the incarnate word nuns came. So uh, St. Joseph's School has, has been here uh, since about 1894 mm-hmm. and uh, lo- uh, lots of members. Father Brian, maybe you can help me. Isn't, I, I'm not going to use the right words, but the of the many Catholic schools in our diocese, there's uh, St. Joseph's is unique. In a, it's not a diocesan school, or can you? Does that ring into your ears? Of yeah, so okay, it's actually very. It's got one very similar school next to it, and that is at St. Louis and Waco. So St. Louis and Waco also has a pre-K four through twelfth grade school, and the their high school had been independent, but now it is part of their school system. So it's a St. Louis Riker Catholic school. So our Parish school yeah, starts at pre-K four and goes all the way to twelfth grade. We also have the early learning center, uh, which has uh, been part of the school in the past, but it's an independent operation and the state regulates uh, the daycares differently. So the school is, is we have separated those two. But yeah, so it's a it's a school with uh, three hundred and ten kids, pre-K four through twelfth grade, and enrollment is happening right now. So, but it's a great school and. Uh, just a lot of families over the years have been here. Uh, we have two bishops uh, who were in <laughs> the, the school together at the same time, Bishop Mike Sis and Bishop David Condola. Uh, they were in school here. So it's a, it has a long history and tradition for the families, the Catholic families here in town of excellence in education and uh, in a Catholic environment. Um, so the, the Catholicism in the school, it's, it's a beautiful place to see. But, but the school has been a big part of the community. Uh, and a place for for Catholics to make sure that their children are getting a good education and academics, but also in the faith. Wonderful. Yes. And so that's um, anything else in the second 50 year category that we maybe have overlooked or uh, I I do notice that it says in 1958, the church was demolished. That that was the the church that was built in 1904. Um, And then, in 1958, um, there was a need. I guess the church was, with time, it had to be replaced. And so, Father Tim, uh, it was under his direction. And then that particular church was uh, dedicated in 1960. So, um, bef- there was a grotto that was at the, at the on the school grounds, and that had to be removed because it was in the area where the new church was going to be built. So that was kind of sad. And so this is the present-day church yes, now? Yes, 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 the present-day okay. church. Right, mm-hmm. and um, I guess we can move into the last 50 years. And, Father Brian, maybe you can help us um, <laughs> as the school expanded and when— um, the church purchased the property where Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel is now. Maybe you can walk our listeners sure. through um, that. Wait, one of the so Monsignor Gleisner, or sorry, um, Father Tim Valenta. He was here as a priest for forty-four years. I know from thirty-three to seventy-seven uh, until he died. So from the time he was ordained until the time he died, he was here as a priest, uh, and twenty of those years he was pastor. So. <clears throat> Uh, that was a big loss um, from that that second 50 years. I mean, he covered up most of it. Uh, and um, the third 50 years, Monsignor Driscoll, Father John Driscoll, was uh, here, and he was here for about uh, 10 years. And then Monsignor McCaffrey was assigned pastor. So he was pastor for about 33 years. Uh, again, another 
priest being here for a long time gave a lot of stability to this parish. But um, Monsignor McCaffrey did a, a lot. He built a parish activity center. Uh, they um, combined all of the cemeteries because each parish had their own cemetery. Uh, they uh, purchased, they expanded the school. They bought the Travis School that's just down the hill from the church. And then uh, that was in 1990. They started perpetual adoration. Uh, they uh, started the daycare, or which it was called Eagle's Nest back then. Now we call it the ELC, or Early Learning Center. Uh, we had they started the high school, and the first graduating class of the high school was uh, in '97. So uh, a, a lot has happened. They they purchased the the campus over there, the old First Baptist or Central Baptist uh, Church uh, on Coulter Avenue. That was purchased in 2001. So, uh, and that now is the houses the secondary. So our middle and high school students are there. Um, so that's some, a few of the things. Again, Monsignor McCaffrey being here for 33 years uh, pro- provided a lot of stability, and I think he knows uh, everyone in town or everyone that's <laughs> been here for a little while, and they all know him. Uh, people still come up to me like yesterday, and they were like, "Hey, uh, yeah, there's uh, you're you're new here," and I'm, well, I've been here for two years. Yeah, but, well, there's a priest. He's well, gray hair, and um, just he'd been here for a long time. Yeah, Monsignor McCaffrey. Yep, they were like, "Oh yeah, we remember him." You knew him really well. well. Yes. So having been here for 33 years, uh, he uh, is well known and knows a lot of people. And uh, he's still ministering at the hospital, actually. So that's a great gift to the, the area. We have a priest full time at the hospital. So uh, It's a wonderful gift uh, to our area. And um, those of us in over the, I don't know how long in our bulletin, the... Uh, Y'all have been including uh, reflections of a parish family, and I assume, I don't know the backstory of, of gathering those. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, Father? Uh, yes. Uh, so we were trying to figure out how to characterize the history of the parish, and we have this uh, history that's really focused on the priests, but um, there, there's a a story also about each of the families that came. And so as we're writing this history of the the parish and including reflections in our bulletin, we're thinking about, well, what, when did families arrive and what, what happened as those families were members and part a part of the parish and their family uh, was, you know, very integrated and essential. They're part of the community. Uh, So that's a story that we're trying to tell uh, now and uh, we're they're actually doing some interviews and Lydia could tell you more about those interviews that they're doing because I think that's been a lot of fun. Great, yeah. Okay, Lydia, why don't you share some of that? So Tim Gregg is uh, the author of a book that will be written about these interviews and about our parish, and so he has been um, speaking with different members who have stories uh, about their time at St. Joseph or that relate to St. Joseph Church. And he has been very good about listening and then um, able to bring out stories that people may not think that they know about or remember. Mm -hmm. He's been really good about that. So that that has been a lot of fun. So uh, he's still doing doing that Mm -hmm. on a weekly schedule. Do you have one that sticks out or one that you'd like to kind of I notice you have several there? Well, uh, the uh, 
since he's doing the interviews, I mean, I was interviewed, mm-hmm. but I mean, well, uh, so why don't you tell us about that <laughs> then, since you know it well? <laughs> well, it was mostly about, uh, you know, my family coming over here and uh, their relation to the church. Um, my my great grandfather was, uh, he was not a founding member of the KJT, which was the oldest or the first organization at St. Joseph's, but I mean, he was uh, fairly new to that. So, uh, it was kind of interesting as we read about the background of the church and the history and stuff here in Brazos County. Whenever they had any uh, festivals or anything, it was always held on the grounds of the church. They, right. They're outside. Did y'all live close to the church? It was about five miles. Yeah. I lived on I, East 29th I guess, Street. Um, you know, when churches were being founded, Typically, it was this community and people that lived in the area. Certainly, my father and grandfather's story towards St. Anthony's, they all lived right there. And Well, most people, I mean, I think most of the early parishioners were farmers, so they didn't live real close, but they would come on their wagons and horses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they would make an effort to come. Sometimes it was difficult. My grandfather used to talk about how if it was raining really hard, sometimes they weren't able to go because it, the... The, the roads were just too bad. So that was a, a factor. So it, anyway, it was, uh, but back to the interview, uh, Tim just kind of touched on the different uh, things that I went through or things in my life and as at, at, while I was a, as a member of mm-hmm. St. Joseph's Church. So I hope the other people, I hope people are willing to come forward and tell their stories because that is what I think people want to hear more than just dates about what's going on or what has happened, but what's happened in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so you said your, your childhood, then you uh, got married. Yes. uh, I went to school at St. Joseph's and then that only went to the eighth grade. And then after that high school, and then I married a, a local Charles Hebron in 1966 and he was in the air force, but, uh, went to Vietnam and, he was killed over there, so that was a different oh, issue sorry. in my life. But, uh, you, you know, St. Joseph was a, a big part of healing for me as uh, as life goes on. So, But, you know, I did move away, but church, this was always my home parish, and then I moved back permanently in 1975. Oh, I know exactly so, how you feel, because I did the same thing. I yeah. moved to Louisiana in 1976, and... I said, you know, if I don't like it, I'll always move back. Yep. And 17 years later, <laughs> here you are. Well, we're happy to have you here. Oh, you're a well, great asset. You're right. very kind. You're very <laughs> kind. Um, Father, as uh, we still have a good 15 minutes or so to talk about. Um, oh, go ahead. I'd like to say something mm-hmm. about the festival or the celebration. Um, there will be a meal, but then for desserts, we're going to have different booths of different ethnic groups. So each group will have, uh, the Czechs will have a dessert, the Italians will have a dessert, the Hispanics, so on. So I think that will be interesting and delicious to try out these different uh, different desserts. Yeah. So, uh, Father, tell us about the day of the celebration again and how um, that planning has been coming about. I mean, you mentioned that Bishop Joe will be here for that. Yeah, so we're, Getting ready, March 19th, I like to think of it that you know, when the, they founded the parish in 1873, that God had foreordained and planned ahead of time that the 150th would be on the fourth Sunday 
of uh, Lent, and that's significant because it's Rejoice Sunday, and it's the uh, when we wear rose, and there can be flowers uh, on the altar, so it's kind of a respite in the middle of Lent. And St. Joseph's Feast Day always falls, uh, since it's March 19th, it falls during Lent. So we're going to have that big celebration on this day that we're supposed to be rejoicing, and it's going to be 11 o'clock Mass uh, with Bishop Joe, uh, so it should be a very festive Mass. We're going to have our uh, 9 o'clock choir, the full group, as well as some of our youth choirs uh, singing for that Mass. We'll have an overflow in the Parish Activity Center. And uh, so that Mass should be a great celebration for the Feast of St. Joseph. After that, then we'll go over to the Parish Activity Center, and we'll also have a big tent uh, there as well. So we'll have plenty of room for everyone, hopefully. And uh, we'll have uh, some a chance for everybody to get food, and we'll have our sort of ethnic foods. We're going to have uh, Polish sausage and German potato salad and Italian green beans, and uh, we'll have a tamale. So that'll be part of the food, and we'll take donations for that, but we're not going to be charging for that. And there'll also be hamburgers and hot dogs for the kids. So we're hoping everybody just enjoys some some good food. We'll also have some live music to kind of keep the uh, make it a joyful atmosphere. And the the guy that we have coming to sing is uh, plays Czech and Polish and German and Mexican music. So uh, he'll be able to do a little bit of all of those. And he's really good. He's a great entertainer, Chris Ryback. He'll have the, the everybody up dancing as much as they're willing to dance. <laughs> then, as Lydia was talking about those foods, uh, we'll have the dessert booths where people can try out those, and they're going to be decorated with their flags and things like that. So uh, to maybe learn a little bit about the different groups that are part of the parish. And then uh, we hope to have some children's games that are uh, planned according to the, the ethnic or the cultures. So, you know, uh, children's games that are, uh, maybe from German Germany or from Czechoslovakia, from Mexico. So um, that's the plan. It should be just a festival day. And then the, and in the pack, we'll have a program. We're going to have a couple of interviews, but one of the key interviews is going to be Monsignor McCaffrey because him having been here for 33 years, he actually knows the history of this place quite well. So they'll um, interview him and uh, so he'll tell some of the stories. And then during that time, as I was saying, we have a history wall. And um, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing all of these pictures. We'll probably have about 75 pictures up on the wall uh, and along, with, on the, along the timeline. And then we're going to invite people to uh, put a sticky note and write their name and their family name and uh, to put that sticky note on the wall when their family arrived. So we're hoping we'll, we'll be communicating about this in the coming weeks so that people are prepared and learn a little bit about when their family arrived to Bryan College Station. And uh, so they can put it will be an interactive history wall in that respect. Um, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. We'll also have a chance for people to take uh, photos. So they can take a family photo uh, on, a, on a, a church pew from that church that was uh, torn down in 1858. We have 1958. I'm <laughs> sorry, 1958. Thank you. Uh, we have a church pew from that time so people can sit on that pew and uh, have a family photo taken. And then we'll have a, a backdrop, uh, we'll provide a backdrop so that they they can have the old church in the background or the new church. We're still working on those details. But yeah, so those are some of the fun things we're hoping to have and, and everybody involved. And again, the big thing is we want to invite people to 
if they have a connection to St. Joseph Parish uh, to come and to bring their family who has a connection to the church, so that people can get reconnected to the, the church and the history that is here as we celebrate 150 years. Wow. Yeah, thank you. And uh, appreciate you mentioning all that food at a time that I haven't... <laughs> I haven't eaten anything on today on a day of fasting. Uh, I'm making that penance hurt a little bit. Huh? A little, a little extra temptation for that as well. Um, it just sounds like such a beautiful day uh, to be a part of it, and you know, we're still nearly a full month away. All of our listeners and parishioners have an opportunity to um, invite those who maybe have moved away from the area or who have moved away from from their faith because the uniting um, theme over all of this is just a, a parish family, uh, many cultures, one faith as you're uh, Lydia, you're really good at this, man. You should come back and uh, be a part of the show more often because she's guided us all in there. Your brochure says celebrating 150 years, many cultures, one faith. And the opportunity that this uh, festival and celebration is to uh, invite someone to come home. And well be said. A, come home, yep. Yeah. Catholics, come home. This is your... <laughs> This is where it started when people came to the New World. Uh, people came and they built churches, and the church was the center of their life and their community. Uh, they invested heavily in their church buildings. Uh, they, uh, the, the church that we have here uh, at St. Joe's is uh, an incredible building. Uh, it's, I don't know if you could build it today. It's, it was uh, just some of the finest things, like the wood and the carpet and the, um, the floor, the stone, uh, the roof, uh, it's a, an exquisite building and all the stained glass windows. So uh, they invested heavily in their their church and built a beautiful church, and it was the center of their life. So uh, we want to invite people to come back and, again, get connected to that history that they have in their family. Exactly. Um, you mentioned that today, uh, at extreme effort to accommodate people to come and begin Lent has been made on many churches, but the details of St. Joseph's uh, today, um, and y'all, we, <laughs> um, and, you know, have made an effort to be uh, greeting and someone at every door greeting people coming and going. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful time to be a part of. Yeah, it's, I, I love Ash Wednesday. I mean, it's. I think it's the Catholic moment. Uh, so a lot of people come, and it, it's a kind of a funny day because it's actually not a holy day of obligation. Right. But they're not. We're not obliged to come today. But but everybody wants to come to get started right uh, for the this journey of Lent. Uh, even if they don't come on Sunday, they want to come and get their ashes. And I think that there's something that we intuitively know that okay, I I need this. Because life, there's something about my life that's disordered, and I really need a time of fasting and penance. Uh, I need to return to God. I want to return to God. That I long for that. And that's what Lent gives us as an opportunity, starting here with Ash Wednesday. So uh, we want to invite as many people that want to come to give them space uh, in the church, a seat, and to be able to hear the gospel proclaimed, a short homily, and to receive ashes. So we have this uh, afternoon, we had 1130 and 1230, and then four, five, six, seven, and eight o'clock. 
We have these seven services that are just a, a simple liturgy of the word service. Anybody can come. They can bring their friends. Uh, they don't have to be Catholic to come to receive ashes and to hear the gospel. Uh, so uh, we're, we're, I'm excited about this. Last year we had over 3,000 people, and uh, we're off to a good start this year. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful day. I, I love Ash Wednesday. I think it's, it's good for us spiritually. We need Ash Wednesday. We need Lent uh, to kind of um, let go of some of the attachments we have to the world, things that do not give us life in Christ Jesus. Uh, we need to let go of those. And the church says, yep, come, we'll give up those things. Come and receive the mercy of God. Come and be reconciled. Kind of like what's happening at this uh, Ashbury College in Kentucky. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Father. We have a it revival. is every every year we have a revival. It's called Lent. I agree. Uh, that it that is so fascinating, uh, and it's been on even in the secular news, uh, talking about the revival there. And uh, like you say, we have the opportunity for revival, and you know our church lovingly guides us into that by our liturgical year to be a part of that, uh, a part of revival, and um, encouraging our listeners to continue. And you know, Father, I bet you'd like to get off of the. <laughs> I'm going to give you an opportunity to say a few any closing things, so you can go on, and uh, Lydia and I'll finish up the rest of the uh, of the show. Great. Yes. Um, well, thank you for having me on. Uh, the, the church is a great gift and uh, a treasure uh, we have in our faith, and it's it's to give us life. Um, the glory of God is man fully alive. That's uh, from the early church. Uh, so God wants us to be alive. Uh, he doesn't doesn't want us to be zombies and walking through uh, life half dead. And uh, we the the world kind of seduces us into walking around as if we're half dead. So. Uh, Lent is this, this this great gift of the church, uh, our our good mother, who's uh, leading us uh, away from sin and death uh, to life. And so, I just encourage people if they haven't thought about going to Ash Wednesday service to do that, and uh, then to make some concrete resolutions during this time uh, to turn to the Lord and to go to daily mass, uh, to pray the rosary, uh, to go and just sit in the adoration chapel. We have a great gift here in Brown College Station of having these adoration chapels around where people can just go sit and be alone with God and receive His great love uh, to be immersed in it. So, uh, yes, Lent is a great time. We're ble- very blessed to have it and to have the, the treasure of our Church, which uh, gives us—well, the, the Church, which is a treasure and gives us all of these treasures as we're uh, on this journey towards God. So thank you for having us on. Yeah, I'd appreciate it. Father, if you could uh, give us your blessing, and I will let you get off the phone. <laughs> Great. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lord God, we give you thanks for the gift of life that you've given your sons and daughters. I ask your blessing upon them that today, especially, uh, they would be uh, renewed in hope and filled with great expectation of what you want to do in their lives as we prepare for Easter. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you very much. God bless you. Great, great. Well, Lydia, I uh, see lots of uh, things that we haven't talked about yet. So we have just a few minutes to wrap up our uh, show about the wonderful parish of St. Joseph's Parish here, celebrating 150 years of its establishment. And Yes, and uh, we've had several uh, vocations from our parish uh, over the years, uh, 
to the religious life and uh, to the priesthood. So that that's been a real blessing, I think. To um, as yeah. a plus, as Father uh, Brian mentioned, uh, we two bishops, present day bishops yes. that we uh, I know. Very well, personally, Bishop Mike Sis, who's the Bishop of San Angelo, and Bishop David Condola, who is the Bishop of Tulsa. Brian, born and red. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Good people. Mm-hmm. And both Aggies, I think, Whoop. as well. <laughs> yes. That we are. Yes. That we are. So um, if you just have a few more minutes left of the show, if you're just joining us, we're here talking about the celebration of St. Joseph's Catholic Church. It was established in 1873 all the way up to our present 2023. Any any uh, details that you'd like to uh, tell our listeners about that uh, we didn't the, cover the, yet? Well, the history wall that Father Brian was talking about, um, he wants to leave it up all year. So that will be a, a good reminder for people to who don't live here, maybe to, when they're here, to come and check out to see the history of mm-hmm. the church. So it won't be just that one day. And throughout the year, there will be other celebrations uh, as well. I, I think in November, there's uh, the Polish will have their Polina, and then there's several others events, but I'm not for sure that was haven't all been established yet, mm-hmm. but in due time. But it's a whole year of celebration, yeah, not you know, just the one day. Timelines are really so <laughs> wonderful. Uh, I've been through uh, like a retreat process where you do a timeline of your own life mm-hmm. and, you know, kids understand it. They are taught that, you know, that's why they know that Columbus sailed the ocean right. in 1492. And that's important because... Uh, for people to know history, not not just their own history, but then their community and their their parish. That that's very important, and they may not appreciate it when they're young, but they certainly will as they get older, as we all have learned. <laughs> <laughs> For those of us uh, yes. with, uh, of course, I started getting gray hair when I was seventeen, but uh, <laughs> I never did anything to slow <laughs> to slow that down. But it's true. And when you're a, a part of a parish home and a family, and um, as I said, I um, haven't really talked a whole lot about it, but as I said, I was a part of St. Anthony's mm-hmm. Parish, and we were assigned to St. Joseph, and um, four months ago experienced a uh, difficult time with my grandson being mm-hmm. diagnosed with a, a mass in his chest, and um, we have been lifted up. I I told my daughters, I said, you know, I think God had us assigned to St. Joseph so we'd have two parishes praying for our uh, precious grandson, Everett Dale. He's Mm -hmm. doing great. Today's his six-month birthday, and uh, he's just doing really great. And so we're very grateful to be a part of both parish uh, families, but to be uplifted and uh, just so grateful to anyone listening who's uh, helped lift our family up. I'm, That's I'm grateful. News. The wonderful news. Yes. Great. So um, we're coming to the end of our program. Uh, Dennis, do we have a idea of what next week's going to talk about or <laughs> next week's guest will be Carl Keating with Deacon Mike Beauvais, the infamous Deacon. <laughs> Deacon Mike Beauvais. Um, Every time I hear, is famous and infamous the same? No. no. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, 
famous. I'm hoping uh, means people know you. <laughs> Infamous means they know you for all the the. The wrong reasons. Yeah, the wrong reasons. <laughs> I love Deacon Mike. I just we mess with each other. No, um, so Carl Ke- Keating will be on about his newest book, a lighthearted look at the history of the Catholic Church and, and cultures. And so it'll it'll be a nice continuation of this week's uh, discussion. One thing I've enjoyed listening to today is hearing about the cultural Catholicism that used to be. One day, you know, you were talking about the the, the fillet of fish or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, um, and and how entire neighborhoods were eighty five percent Catholic, and people came out to their parish festivals because that was a gathering of the community, not just the parish or not just the ten percent that are involved. Let's mm-hmm. say so. You know, I, I I long for those days that we have not only a deep, rich spiritual. Catholicism in our country, but a cultural Catholicism as well, where people are very excited about their Catholic faith and want to share that freely. And I I know that as an apostolate, that's one of our goals. And we try to do that in the communities that we're in. And so anytime you can pray for what we're doing here at Red Sea Apostolate and and Red Sea Catholic Radio, we are so happy for your prayers and your support. Uh, I'm just so happy that Lydia could come out because I know that they've been tremendous, tremendously supportive of the radio station and everything that we're doing. And for her to be on the air for the first time, I think she knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank well, you. and which is why we make such an effort at the uh, as a apostolate to attend these parish festivals and and support them mm-hmm. in that way to uh, learn our history. Yeah. So y'all come to the Paris Festival, uh, 150th on March 19th. March the 19th. All are welcome. All right. Y'all have a good day. And thank you for listening to Red Sea Roundup. Roundup. Welcome back, Judy. <laughs> Rumors and talking.